Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Paula Price Show, where you can experience scripturally organic, culturally unmodified teaching, get answers to your questions, and receive powerful prayer from your host, Dr. Paula Price, author of the Prophet's Dictionary. Tune in now and get ready for an exciting time of encouragement and transformation. Welcome your host, Dr. Paula Price. know you just never know what's going on and what's going down but we know that we know that something is happening in the kingdom of God with our apostle Dr. Christ welcome to the Paul Price show well I am excited this is a great time for everyone we're still in the beginning well okay coming up on the heart of 2018 in terms of its first month and I'm excited about it so I welcome you all hey I want to talk to you about a couple of things <clears throat> last week I spent some time telling you about our television program and tell, uh, t- well, you know, I got to start all over again. You know, you got these producers in the back with their phone. But anyway, um, but I thank God because last week we got some good responses. What I put on my page for my television broadcast, because we all agree, well, you all agree, many of you have said, this needs to be on air. This needs a larger audience. This needs, this needs. And so I listened. <clears throat> and I shared with you what we're doing. So we've gotten to the point that we're starting out on a local network here in town, but we have a very aggressive uh, marketing team and executive producer team that's getting us, going to take us around the country first and then around the world. So I'm, I'm thrilled about that, very thrilled. However, we still need you. So we have, um, last week, some of you said, that I could count on you, that you would be with me in this. And for those of you who don't know, please listen to last week's uh, Block Talk Radio, the beginning, where I talk about the television ministry. We talk about people saying, you know, there are things that bother you. I mean, I know they bother you, media things, entertainment things, and and other issues and, and, and trends and practices that bother you. And they, they, you know, you're like, boy, if I could just, if I could just. And then some of you all are having it even with the church. You're listening to your pastor say some of the most inane things and telling you that they got it from God. And you're thinking, but there's nowhere for that to be, nowhere for anybody to trace that. And so you all, we've been doing this for a couple of years, um, block talk, almost five years, but we've been doing this for a couple of years. And you know what we found out? We found out that, Hey, God does give some people the answers, and I'm one of those people. And then he gives those people with the answers boldness and courage to say it, because a lot of people know the truth. You fuss at home. You fuss in the lunchroom. You fuss in the church room. You fuss wherever you can, but you want it to get out. Well, that's what this is going to do. So we're starting to shoot. Um, when are we shooting at? <laughs> this month. Oh, yeah, we're starting to shoot this month. This is soon. God's in a hurry. And I know that when God's in a hurry, two things are happening. His window of opportunity is ripe, and he wants to avail himself of it. And there's something else coming down that's more devastating than that, which is he'd like to put up a preventative, maybe a shield. And so the best shield is wisdom. You know that, I know it. The best shield is wisdom. And wisdom is the answers that tell you about things that don't make sense that 
inform you, incite you, and arm you. Remember those three, inform you, incite you, and arm you. You know, we've got a lot of information out there. We've got a lot of insight, you know, this person's revelation, that. but are you armed? Can you yourself do, defend the gospel, defend the Lord? And how about this? Prove the Lord. And so it takes a lot to do that. And so I'm standing here thanking God that I have an opportunity after all of these years to come back on television and to do it in a way that's going to stand up for Jesus Christ. Because, you know, I'm going to stand up for Jesus. You know, sometimes people, you get out there, you get public, and then all of the devil's uh, henchmen start telling you you can't use his name. So I'm going to tell you right now, J-E-S-U-S is it. And I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not intimidated by that. I'll be honest with you. I'm going to use the name of Jesus every which kind of way. They're going to love me so much. They're going to say, wow, do you talk about anything else? You know how we remember when we, when we had the last Jesus movement, everybody started getting intimidated. Do you remember those days? And then people said, well, you don't have to use his name and everything. I use your name when I talk to you. And I use your name when I talk about you. So you understand. You don't want me to call you something else. And when I'm starting to give credit, I use your name. So why are we not using the name of the, that's above every name, the name of Jesus? I love it. I, I, I love it. I'm, I'm in the mood today to just say it all day long, Jesus, Jesus, and Jesus. Because you know what? Un, unsaved folk and demonically possessed folk, they can't stand it. I mean, it's like poking. When you start saying Jesus, it's like poking in their soul. They're like, oh, oh. You gotta, some of them wince. I've even seen them wince. Oh. That's when I know it's the name above every name. So you got to get excited. Because it's just a sound. I mean, if there's no big deal. And, you know, here's something that's really good since I'm on this Jesus name thing. You know, I see I'm telling you. Get fired up. Already. Death is going to get a beating. Yes, 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 yes. Death can devil. So, but I, I remember, you talk about, you know, the name of Jesus, and they started, t- don't, don't, don't use it, you know. And, 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 and you know, folk get all wince, and, and they make, try to make you feel all intimidated. Well, why can't you say something else? Well, listen, since God has given him every name, every, every name that's in heaven and on earth, whatever word I use, God translates it as Jesus. Jesus beloved, Jesus disdained, it doesn't matter. Jesus needed, Jesus rejected, he does not care because Jesus is the word. I'm giving you all a piece of information. Jesus is the word. And the word means in the beginning was the word. So every word God spoke after he brought Jesus into existence became Jesus. Savior, judge, whatever. And I like that. You know, when you start reading the Bible for God to get something done, so we, we'll start, start today just talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, people cuss you out. They use every kind of four-letter word that they can come up with. Hallelujah. And Jesus is just a five-letter word that we're going to use. But you need to stop being intimidated. Some of you all want to be used by God, but you're intimidated. God needs somebody who's going to stand up for him. God needs somebody who's not going to save those tables and sell out and change his name and, 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 and all of those other things that we're seeing. So we're going on television, and I'm going to talk about Jesus publicly, boldly, and loudly, and also interestingly. Well, I was going to add that last, but you know what? You got it in there for me. And many of you want your Savior celebrated, and you want the answers. Hey, 
How many of you caught Sunday's sermon about Jesus? Now, that is a walk the floor, walk the kingdom word on the Lord Jesus Christ, and that is the apostles' doctrine. Not just, we apostles, straighten up your church. We apostles, we're in charge. No, no, I'm telling you, authority comes from authorship. When you author something that is so compelling that it wins people's favor and respect, they yield themselves to you, thus authority. And so I exercise my authority and my knowledge of Jesus Christ. And we talked it. Didn't we talk it? Yeah, you talked it. You talked it. <laughs> I'm telling you, we were all on our seats. I was on my seat talking about how God, see, if you didn't see it, I'm going to tell you. Short statement, how God killed Jesus from the womb. Come on, are you, isn't that exciting, Lynette? How God killed Jesus from the womb. Because, see, we think the cross killed him. So you have to go back to Sunday to get that information. If you have a Sunday school, if you have a, a midweek Bible study, if you have people, hey, how about your own kids who don't believe? And we talked about it not just biblically, not just spiritually. We talked about it genetically, how God killed Jesus. Isn't that good, Ashley? Do you remember? Oh, yes, how he uh, planted him. And the fallen woman's egg. There you go. You get a million a class. Yay! So God made Jesus killable by putting him in a mortal woman's womb. That's the story of Jesus Christ. Now you know that's a powerful thing. Isn't that powerful? Yeah. I've been laboring for this, with this um, revelation for 28 years, you know? And God just gives you line upon line upon line, precept upon precept upon precept. So you have to go back and listen. And that's the kind of stuff that we need. That's the kind of information and presentation of the gospel that we need for this 21st century. And we need it to go broad, as in broadcast. So I, need, I want you to go to my website, and we have a tab called Count Me In. On my homepage, drpaulaaprice.com, we have a tab called Count Me In. Hey, let me count, and let me count on you. And some of you all, I know you've been holding on to your tithes, you've been holding on to your money, you've been holding on to savings that you knew were God, offerings that you've saved for God, and you've been waiting for the right place to plant it. I know it, because when, when people who love God can't go to church, they don't quit God. They just continue to store away. They squirrel away their tithes. They squirrel away their offerings. They don't quit God. Oh, I'm saying something today. Isn't that powerful? They don't quit God. They quit, their, they quit the local assembly because they feel like I'm not going to sow my money into that. But they still want to sow their money into God's kingdom ventures. This show, Taking It On with Paula Price, is God's kingdom venture. You can safely sow in this venture and know that you're going to get a harvest. Well, what kind of harvest will you get? Well, number one, you're going to get the harvest of knowing that you took this, this wisdom and the doctrine and the way I present it out of the box and sent it to the world. That's the first thing you're going to know. The second thing you're going to know is that you have answers 
that are answering what's in your spirit or confirming what you know, which means when it confirms what you know, you get answers and articulation. You are going to get the words to say, to push back on the darkness and to, uh, and to defend your Savior, Jesus Christ. You're going to do that. You're going to also be able to, to know the difference between good and evil and know, the difference, and know why one exists and the other. You're going to have answers to why God doesn't stop bad things from happening to good people. You're going to have the answers to how we got here. You're going to be able to do that. And you know how it's going to happen? Because you're going to finance it. And you're going to finance it because it's doing what you need it to do. You're not going to have to worry about, oh, my woes, oh, my sores, oh, my head, oh, my back, all of that kind of stuff. We're going straight out for the Lord Jesus Christ unapologetically. Do you like that? And some of you are holding your resources for the one thing that God needs you to get done. This is that thing. So you can feel safe knowing when you go to the Count Me In page, you know. You don't understand. Well, I don't know, Dr. Price. This is my first time hearing you. Number one, I've been out here for over 30 years. Most people will tell you that in that time, I have never changed the message. A lot of you, your preachers changed the message. Your pastors changed the message. Your apostles changed the message. Your prophets changed the message. They jumped ship. But I never have. I've stayed with this man in his boat for, since I began. I've grown. I've matured. So that's number one. Number two, I got so much stuff out there, you can weigh me yourself. You don't have to even ask it. Just thank God for the Internet. I'm loaded with stuff. You want to know what you're investing in? Go to YouTube. Go scroll Facebook. Scroll Periscope. Hey, scroll Block Talk. There is more than enough to let you know this is a worthy investment that will bear fruit unto God and his kingdom. Because that's what you want. A lot of times you all stop sowing in those things because you stop seeing where God was getting anything out of it. You already knew you weren't getting anything out of it, but you were willing to suffer for the Lord. But when you realize that even God wasn't getting anything out of all that stuff that's out there, you stopped while I'm talking to you. And you can start again. You can start right here because God has already gotten fruit out of this. You're talking about me doing this all this time on, on a shoestring budget with peanuts and still never sold him out, never changed the message, never jumped ship, never picked up another God, never tried out. I haven't sat down with the other God. And I'm sure that they don't want me to come to dinner because I'm going to be preaching this gospel the way I know. I'm going to tell them what the little rituals mean and all of that. You know they don't want you to hear that. But I am telling you today, no matter how disillusioned you've been about church, how disillusioned you've been about television, how disillusioned you've been about anything. And, and I'm telling you, we have multiplied millions of disillusioned Christians who are just saying, God, where are you? God, how can I find you? Why do you think we tell you to share this? Share, 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 because you're helping others. But now you can go a step further in your health, and you can see to it that we take this thing around the world. Quality. In quality. You know, we were talking about our, uh, how we were doing this. I said, no church. We're not doing church. You won't. So you're not investing in another church service. Not happening. You're not investing in another churchy presentation. You're not investing in another, you know, trendy, God can do it too, fuse Christianity. We, not, we are not doing that. This is, if you are 100% for Jesus, then I am 100% the person for you. If you have a hope for Jesus, you want him to win. You know, I tell God at night when I'm praying for Jesus, I want you to win. 
No, no, Lord, I want them, no. And I have, he, if you have the Holy Ghost, you know I'm telling you the truth because he's going to bear witness to my words. I tell him, oh, no, Jesus, I'm proud of you. You need to win. Oh, no, Lord, we got to take care of our king. We have to do this. Yeah, you know, you'd like to do a whole lot. You'd like to fuss and fight, but let me do that. And what you do is just back me and finance this thing, have my back, and we're going to take this thing back for the Lord Jesus Christ. I 100%, I 100% believe it because I'm with him every day, and he's with me every day. He's laid out the plan. All we need to do now is have him move his body to get behind what he's doing. And this is what he's doing. Are they hearing me? Yes. Can you tell them the show? Yes. And when it broadcast? Well, our first broadcast, we, we had the notes yesterday in the meeting. We're, we're, yes. Yeah, the name of the show is Taking It On with Paula Price. Now, listen, guys, we're having a production debate. Do we like the name Taking It On with Paula Price, or do we want something else? So we've had this for how many weeks now? About three or four weeks. So we all have homework. We have to go and find out what better way is it to, to present the Lord and his wisdom the way I do. What is a better name? So you can join us by giving us some of your names. I happen to like taking it on. And so they asked me, what is it? I said, whatever it is I'm talking about at the time, that's the it. What are you taking on today? Today's it is. And so because it's how I take it on and how we address it. And you've been with me a long time. See, a lot of these people haven't met me, but you, my family, you know me. And so what we're doing is going to be a, a kind of a, a presentment of me handling the issues, you know, and you've heard me do that, handling the issues, uh, issues of today. So what are we taking on? Issues, we're taking on uh, questions, all the questions. You can Facebook your questions. We're taking on questions. We're taking on God's kingdom. We're taking on religion. And, you know, which is to me a short conversation, but that's something else. But we're taking on religion, and we're, but whatever the it is, and whatever it is that you want to know about your God, whatever it is that's bothering you, whatever it is that's destabilizing his church, destabilizing Christianity, destabilizing the saints, I'm taking it on for you because my goal is to give you, I just told you, two things, answers and articulation and armament. The three A's, answers. You have questions. I've got 30-something years of answers, real answers, not trendy answers, not answers that everybody, you know, loves and whatever. Well, you know, everybody's familiar with. You know it's new. And that's number one. Number two, you're getting articulation from those answers. You can explain and articulate your faith, what, why Jesus is what he is or isn't what he is, etc. So you can do that. And then the last one is armament, you know, because we've been equipping you, but we've not armed you. So some of you all are equipped for ministry, and you're running out to the battlefield, with no armament, no protection, no shield, no, you know, well, they told us to put on the whole armor of God, but all, and they drew pictures, and you look at the pictures, and you look at this wonderful pictures, yeah, I'm supposed to give you body armor and a sword, but do you know what it looks like in a 21st century version or format? So, yes, so, so we're, we're arming you and getting you ready. And then in addition to that, which I think is most important, is that we are telling you why Christianity is the number one faith, is the, is the best faith, why Jesus is the only God. You need to know that. You need to be able to say it. So that's what we're doing. Sometimes we'll have guests. Sometimes we'll have, you know, other interest piece, whatever it is. But we are taking it on for the Lord Jesus Christ, putting God's wisdom in your reach. That's what we're doing. Does that help? Hallelujah. 
Yes. Because you need to know what you invest in. What we lack, we've had word. We've had the word movement. Remember, we had the word ministries, the word movement, the word. We did. We've had the works. You know, that we must work the works of God. Those are good. We needed them. They're great. But you know, we lack wisdom, which is why you had people quoting scriptures that didn't make sense and didn't fit the situation. No wisdom. We needed that other W in there called wisdom. And we're talking about the intelligence of God, the logic of God, the wisdom of God. And that's how we get the power, because God doesn't move on stupid. I'm sorry. I know that doesn't sound nice, and whoever the PC people are, you'll get over it. But God doesn't move on stupid. God moves on wisdom, which is why he gives you the wisdom of what he's going to do before he acts, acts it out. Or either he acts it out ignoring your inability to grasp it until you've lived it. So God moves on wisdom. And that's what we've been, we haven't had God moving because the Bible says that the, the wisdom of God, you know, the gospel is the wisdom of God. The salvation is the wisdom. But God, it's all about his wisdom. And you all want him to move on the wisdom of this world. And the wisdom of this world is foolishness to God, outright foolishness. But you don't know that. And you don't know why because it sounds so good and it's packaged so nice and you know so little about the Lord. And because you know so little, you don't realize that his is the wisdom of all ages. And somebody has to help you say that. Your children. Why did, how did you lose those millennials? Because they started getting into those games, getting into those computer games and, and all of that, and they were brought into dark powers. And they were given dark wisdom by which to move those powers. We didn't have any counterparts. We didn't have any alternatives. When you listen to Sunday, you'll realize, oh, yeah, we have not touched the gospel. Well, first of all, we've only been talking about the gospel of our salvation. The gospel has at least, I don't know, 20-something strands. We've only been there. So I know the strands, so I'll be around a long time. As long as the Lord keep me in the planet, we're going to talk about Jesus, and we're going to love on Jesus. We're going to love on him, and you're going to appreciate him. And he's not going to be this little guy that you got plastered on your wall, the pictures in your glass, your stained glass. He's going to be the power of God resurrected. There's a question on the table about um, how much we're looking to raise or how much people should invest. Well, this is this is real TV. This is well, to be honest with you, the entire thing from what we have already got from our budget. It's somewhere between $120,000, $150,000 for us to do 39 shows. That's what we got on the table, 39 shows. 39 shows will give us a whole half year of broadcasting, and then the second year we'll rebroadcast. And so that's going to cover shooting. It's going to cover airtime. It's going to cover me looking nice. Yeah. You know, I like me wardrobe. You know, I because I, I don't want to be churched. And, of course, we don't want to be cheap. We're looking at about that much money, and, and you know, as we, as we have calculated as of yesterday. So we have to get to a place where we can do this, give you quality shows, and then after that, our second step is that we want to place it around the country. Would you like that? Would you like to see it placed around the country, you know, in all areas where we are? We have, we're starting out in our strongest areas, and then we'll just – eventually go around the world. But that's where we're going right now. So the first thing we need to do is get the product and start broadcasting so that people know that it's an investable show. And this is, well, you know I'm investable. You've been with me all these years. 
hallelujah. And you know I'm going to say it because it's got yes. to be said. And how, how we're doing it production-wise is we start recording. Yes. Like we're broadcasting next month mm-hmm. in February. We start beginning February on television and television. That's the first show. And we will make it available. I'm going to put it on your drpaulprice.tv. Mm-hmm. So people who subscribe to your drpaulprice.tv who are not in Tulsa will be able to also see it. We'll have clips of it and everything out mm-hmm. there. So people know yes. what they're investing into. Uh, and then, uh, so we will record. We'll broadcast. Mm-hmm. And get several shows done at once. Yes. And get them broadcasting on the air as we are continuing to fundraise. Yes, we will do that. And this is how, now that's the whole package. How we break it down is you, you say I can do this much of the package. You know, we won't, I'm, I'm not going to say, well, hey, we need to do this because I don't know your, your means. We're also going to, it's going to be posted on Facebook so you can get the link to it because we need you to get the link to it so you can see what you're doing and YouTube. So we, we, you, you will have access to the show even though now. Now, of course, the more, uh, the larger um, audience we get, the better. So the more networks we're on, the better. And it's going to be on, I'm telling you, it's going to be on every network because I know God and I know this is God. So the first one starts in February, February 4th. First Sunday in February, 5.30 p.m. Central Standard Time in Tulsa. In Tulsa on, on a, a local network, Channel 47. If you're in Tulsa, Channel 47 is where we'll be. Many of you will remember I was on 47 a few, what, about a, 10 years ago, and it was an amazing show. Now we've all grown up, huh? 15, okay, and oh, thank you. And now we've all grown up, so it's going to start there, but then it will, it will be plugged into social media so that you don't miss it. You know what you're getting and what you're investing in. Hallelujah. Isn't it going to be good? Yes. Yes, and, and so we're going to talk about why I am different because you know I'm different. You all keep telling me why I'm different. Why are we different? Why the Bible? Why the Bible and Jesus Christ? You know, I have waited and, and labored with the king all these years for those answers. And now he's willing, he's ready to talk. And we talk all day, and he talks all night. He is excited about this. I'm telling you, God is thrilled because he finally has somebody who's going to bring us back to the anchor of truth, the plumb line of truth. Because people keep telling you truth, and they're reading books, they're teaching you out other folks' books, and never crack open the Bible. Never teach the Bible. Don't even refer to the Bible or, and barely want to mention his author. You know, I've talked to people who say we have a weekly Bible study out of so-and-so's book about what? And I'm thinking if it's Bible study, it's going to be Bible. And we need to have Bible. Otherwise, just call it a somebody study. Call it a community study. Call it a plethora or something. I don't know. But we learn the scriptures. In my church, my folk know we are going Bible by Bible by Bible verse. So you need that. And because some of you all have been taken out because your pastors or your teachers or your leaders put down the scriptures and picked up social trends. And they started telling you things are okay. And you have problems with things. But when people take the, take the Bible from a Christian, where do you go to find out if what the Holy Spirit is doing on you in the inside is right or wrong? You can't confirm anything. You can't corroborate what they say. You can't even authenticate their message being from God. Those are things that you're, sh- you're supposed to be able to do. And those are things that true apostles will see to it that you do. And so I'm t- I had somebody tell me once, why are you teaching, what was 
Bibles that we're teaching? Why are you teaching people um, apostolic prophetic Bible education and, and something else and without teaching about the church? Because the church didn't predate the Bible. Because the Bible was in us. It came with the Holy Ghost. You realize that the Bible came with the Holy Ghost. The Old Testament came to Moses on that mountain. And the New Testament came to the apostles on Pentecost. Did you know that? See, just that little bit of sequential information changes a lot, doesn't it? Just that little bit of information that, that God's word did not come up out of some human being. That, that man's 40 days actually total 80 days. 80 days, 80, on the mountain with the Holy Ghost. Man, we try to get eight minutes. Can we get eight minutes with the Holy Come on, Jesus. And eight minutes on the mountain with God, living in God's world, living and tasting God's life as God created and enjoys it. And he comes back with a little nugget that, that literally bursts a nation. Now, he's just got a little nugget. But Moses knows when he comes down from that mountain that Israel, his people, are not alone. He knows that there's a real God. There's a real afterlife. There's a real heaven. There are powers that the earth does not know. And he came from all of that brilliant light back down to darkness with the word of God, the pattern of the tabernacle, and the constitution of the nation to be born. Now, that's happened. Now, think about that. I want you to just take a couple of seconds. Just a couple of seconds and think about that. He comes back. He becomes the entire embodiment of what God wants to do. Oh, hallelujah. On earth. He knows it. And he didn't get it from a guru on the side of the road. He didn't get it from smoking pot and, and, and all other intoxicants and hallucinogens. He didn't have all of that up there. He went up there and got it from the Almighty himself because that was what God Built him. He didn't just handpick him. God handpicks what he built. Hmm. Hold on. I thought that was needful. See, you cannot be handpicked by God if God didn't build you to do it because God is not in it to fail. So he picks vessels and he picks people whom he knows he has worked on for all of those years. That's why some people, their ministry kicks off late in life because God handpicked you before the foundation of the world, but now he's got to build you into the instrument and the implement that he wants. And then we go to the New Testament, and then God says, the same author, Yahweh, he said, I'm going to bring this message myself personally. And he came in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he brought heaven to earth. He said all kinds of manner of things that put his plan and eternity's will in motion. And he leaves, and what comes next? So we'd have had three, uh, all three, three moves, three implantations and, and, and engraftings, and the last one is the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost comes on Pentecost bringing the New Testament. What we call the New Testament is not the New Testament. God didn't have, it's not anyway. What we call the New Testament in the classic sense, like we think of Bible, but he brings the New Testament that includes, let me tell you, oh, Jesus, help me. Mm. Oh, 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 I got to hit this. Okay, I got it. I'm back. I'm back. He brings the New Testament, and now what he brings includes the whole world. The beginning, one people. The beginning, one people. 
Pentecost, all nations. Now, you know that is good. Isn't that good? See, that's fundamental stuff. You can now shape and place some things. We talked last week about sovereign and versus savior. I help you place this stuff because you it's all running around in your head, in your soul, in your spirit like mush. And so I help you place it. I help you see, okay, so what are we talking about here? Are we talking about this or are we talking about that? You know, like you hear people talk about Old Testament, New Testament. There's no such thing in God. I promise you it isn't. Now, that is a, a um, literary order that facilitates training and that also beautifully demarcates, marks the, the changing of the world from B.C. to A.D. That's what it really does. And so Jesus is that transition. He was that transition catalyst that was shifting the world from Satan's power, Satan's lease, if you will, and his assignment to the church. And everything that he used to do was supposed to migrate to the church. You know, we, we can talk about why people have such a problem with Christianity. Well, I just don't understand, and who are they to rule the world? Well, right now, who is Satan to rule it? Who is your God to rule it? And statistically, your God is failing. So God shifted everything to his son, Jesus Christ, and then populated his son's spiritual body with the Gentiles, which he had always planned to do. Now, you have to understand that because there is, you have all this intimidation about your salvation and all of this insecurity and inferiority and all of that. I don't have any of that. I, I promise you. I, I never think about, wow, God, I mean, are we, are we, are we going to make it or whatever? No, I never think about it. I'm like, hey, God, when we get to heaven, okay, God, well, when I get to so-and-so, well, God, we're working on this. Yes, I do. I never, ever wonder how my life is going to turn out. I know. And I know because I know him in whom I believe. I know him. I don't just recognize Jesus when they preach him. I don't just say, I look at Jesus as a vocabulary word. You know, these are your vocabulary words, Jesus and Christ and Messiah and Sovereign and Emmanuel. Uh Uh-uh. I know him. Jesus is not print to Paul of Christ. He's the person, the second person of the Godhead. And he has a personality that is unmatched, unparalleled. And I enjoy it. And Jesus is looking to be with you. He's looking to have conversations with you. He's looking to talk to you, to teach you. He's looking to sup with you. But you know you want to sing all of that in. I just want to sing it in. No, you can't just sing in that. Now, he likes music like everybody else, but you realize that you have, you're, you're listening to somebody's record or album is not going to bring you at their dinner table. Yeah, so you have to think a little more intelligently. So God is looking to teach you. People say, well, Dr. Price, how do you get this stuff from Jesus Christ? First thing I do is I honor him as Jesus Christ. I don't go to him with everybody's problems with him. I don't go to him with everybody's issues and conflicts and testimonies about him. I don't do that. I go to him as he is, my father, my savior, my sovereign my friend, my healer, my deliverer, my husband, my provider. I go to him like that in all of the roles that he fills in my life. I don't go to Jesus and say, God, I would hang out with you, but too many people have a problem with you. So what is he supposed to do with that information? Just like when it don't come. Don't come. So I don't, that's the first thing I do. God is God to me, and he's not a myth. I don't serve mythological anything. And because I went to him by faith, treating him as if he wasn't a myth, he did Hebrews 11.6. 6. 
he rewarded me for my faith in him. So he said, well, if you know I'm real, then I'm going to get real with you. You coming as real, I'm coming as real. And so I, I admit the first couple times he came with real, real, it was a little bit of an adjustment. Because <laughs> he's more real than you imagine. But I don't go to God as if he is something that I must convince him that he exists. So I don't have to convince God and he doesn't want me. He doesn't care about all people's problems with him. God's a king. He's a sovereign. He can care less about people's problems with him. I'm telling you, God's like, I've been around forever. Y'all old, decrepit, dying. Look at you. Don't even know buggers in your food because you don't have my sight. Simple stuff. Simple. So he doesn't care about that. And people think that when they stand and they scream at him and yell at him, they really think that he's upset. God just closes your channel. He doesn't even let the stuff get to his ears. He just closes the channel. He's like, oh, you got nothing to say. You have nothing interesting to me. When you go to God, you need to be interesting to him. You need to have interesting stuff to say, not just always crises, not always problems. Some of you are always in his ER. That's your entry gate, the, the ER. The others are always in bankruptcy court. You know, you're always where God, you know, he, he doesn't need you to come to him for that. He always said he has no, God has, knows what you need. Jesus said that. He said, your father in heaven has no, he knows what you need. He's clear on that. So I go to God to enjoy God. I just go to enjoy him. I really do. He's just such a sweetie. I love him so much. He's my honey. And so I just go to him, and I just love on him. I go to him and say, you know, whatever. And then even if we don't talk serious things, before I leave, he's given me the answer to everything I want. And I didn't even ask. I went to him one day. I used to go, well, a couple of years ago. I said, you know, Jesus, every time I come, I get all caught up with your beauty. I get all caught up with your wisdom and your glory. I'm all caught up in that. I said, God, I never, I even have my questions with me. And I I don't even get to ask him. And he said, you didn't need to. Because when you are deeply affectionate with someone, you open things in them that no one else can do. Deep affection is the greatest key you'll have. And if that affection rests on uh, regard and reverence and, oh, my goodness, and respect, oh, you don't get it. I'm telling you, this man has done some of the most phenomenal things for me simply because I was in his presence. And I was in his presence not to be a uh, patron or not to be a taker. I was in his presence to give him joy. And sometimes just, I don't know, sometimes I just sing. Sometimes I'm just shut up, you know, because he has those moments when he just said, be, be still. You know, especially when you come all excited, I'm agitated. Be still. Be still. And you want to say, how long? Because I got some things to say. How long should I be still? Okay, because I got some stuff I want to. Jesus? Okay. And you're looking at the clock. I've been still for 15 minutes. But you know he knows that too. And you know what else he likes? He likes that every time you get closer to him, you learn something else about him and that you cherish it instead of criticizing. Most times we're criticizing God because we can't see his glory through our frailness, through our frailty, and also through our blindness. So we do, and eventually you will begin to know him as he is, as opposed to just letting everybody tell you about God. Before you start wondering who's telling you about God, you need to find out what their interactions are with the Lord. Because some people may not have quality interaction. You know, it's like the marriage counselors, the couple that's holding marriage classes and they go home and fight every night. They're good, they're good articulation of the concept and what ought to be, 
but it, they don't believe in it enough to practice it themselves or to let it work in them. So they come every week holding hands, and y'all believe all of that because you all like that superficial stuff. But, see, God's not superficial. You're going to have to work for God to open up his veil. I'm going to tell you right now, now because he, he has his office. You can meet God in his office, or you can meet him in his home. I work in his office. I meet him in his home. I meet him at his dinner table. I meet him in his relaxation mode. And he does have him. I know we don't think so, but he does. And we just chat. We talk. Sometimes we don't. Sometimes we think. Sometimes we don't. Sometimes it's class. You know, it doesn't matter. You all have got to let everybody's words concerning God fall to the ground and pick up your own initiatives with him. I'm telling you, I tell Jesus all the time, you have an amazing personality. It's, such, it's, it's amazing. I'm like, I don't even know how you do this, you know? And, and that's how I know what he feels about his family. That's how I know what he feels about his children. That's how I know what he feels about sin. You know, we are at a point now where between God and I, there is no sin, righteousness. There is, oh, this is not you? Oh, then we're not doing this. Now, by the time it trickles down through the office, it becomes something named sin. But when you get past that, it becomes what pleases your soul, what delights you, what brings you pleasure. And you adjust yourself because those moments become so precious and so powerful, you don't want anything to happen to them. So your stuff falls off because you don't want anything to happen to those times. I don't know. Are they following me? Oh, yes. There's a following happening on that. You know, I don't often share it because, it's, you know, I'm learning how to articulate it. But, I mean, it, he really is. In God's world, nobody in God's world thinks God's a problem. Nobody. Not one person, not one creature in God's world thinks he's a problem. If they are so blessed. And here's why they don't think he's a problem, because they know that they are his literal offspring. He, they, they know he is their life. They breathe because he's everything. So they don't have a problem with God. All of those issues that you hear in church and carrying on, people in God's world, they don't. And here's the last thing I will tell you before I have Ashley um, slide on over. You can start sliding. Come on, start sliding. In God's world, immaturity does not reign. God has, nobody is making excuses for their shortfalls. In his world, they don't. They literally don't because they realize that they are a product, they're a model of what he created, and they realize that if he created them, then if he says this needs to be tweaked, that needs to be repaired, this needs to be snipped off, etc., if he says that, then he means it. And they know that he says it to make them more pleasing to him. Yes. <laughs> Or not to say, because everybody has said it pretty much. Doesn't she look fabulous? <laughs> Loving the new look, the new hair, the new style, the new you. The new me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. TV ready. Yes. Getting TV ready. That's a great TV look. I love it. I put, oh, I said, oh, look at this. Uh, and I looked at that, I put my little makeup on. I said, I'm cute. Today. You cute. You yes. cute. I you came got... in the office and said, oh, she's fresh. Yes, fresh I am. Today. All fresh up. <laughs> Can we talk about um, one more thing before we jump into this? Yes, I was going to do it together. Okay, great. You first. Okay, Price University. You know, we are in full swing of our second semester. Yes. Already. Yes. 
And Dr. Price wants to open up to the world. Um, each month, non-degree courses, short ones, mini classes, mini courses that are available to you. You can enroll. You don't have to go through the entire enrollment process for the class. You can just register for that class. The first one launching on January 22nd. Write it down. January 22nd is Prophetic Guardianship, and mm. it's a four-class series. Yes. So it's set up and on our Price University uh, student site where all of our students online and campus actually have access to it for their classes. And so you'll have quizzes, a certificate at the end. Um, it's it's non-degree, so this is not toward a degree, but you will get a certificate, and it's only going to be $50. I love it. And do you know what I think is perfect? And that is you can, when you take it, you have something, have your class, your students take it. Yeah. Make it part of your your own training of prophets. Now, this prophetic guardianship, that was an amazing class. Yeah. Yeah. And, and when you say have them take it, each one of them needs to enroll. So, yeah, not, you, not you as a teacher paying uh, for one enrollment and then playing it in the class of 25 or 50 people. No, get and them, we have honey. to say that because mm-hmm. it's happened. And here's what I want you to know. God is very fussy about ethics. Mm. And I can tell you today's, today's prophets need some real ethic classes. And ethics came from the prophet. Moses brought that from heaven to earth because he brought it into a world that was unethical. Mm. And I want you to realize that you have no right to develop prophets if you haven't work, worked out your own ethics. So if you have 50 people in your class, you need to have them all go online with their little laptops at once and do it. And, and, and you need to check and make sure they did because your people will be no more ethical than you are. And there is a, a ministerial ethics that we have got to start tapping into because this whole thing of plagiarism and taking, taking this and taking that and, and, well, if God gave it to one, he gave it to all. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. He gave you a meal yesterday. Did that feed everybody? Huh? So you don't know. So everything that God gives an individual does not go to the corporate or universal body of Christ. So I'm, gonna, I'm urging you, because this new move of God, there'll be no tolerance for that. And you'll find out that your work and your efforts will also be pilfered and pirated. We're in a pirating age because it started with the church. It started with that preacher that got online and said, I'm going to use your stuff and not give you credit for it. That's where it started. It started on there where God gave it to one and he gave it to the all, and we don't have to do it. That's where this unethical consciousness took root in the body of Christ. And here we are now, a couple decades later, and people are being treated poorly and shabbily. So I want to encourage you, you, every prophet who is training prophets, Every apostle who's training apostles, you need to get in that Bible and you need to build an ethics class that your people, because we can't change this without education. Education is the only sphere that everything else in humanity must go through. And so if you're going to do this, I have to put some, put some time on oh, that. please do. If you're doing please. this, don't cheat. Don't cheat me and don't cheat your people because you're putting your people under judgment. See, a lot of the things that your people are suffering, they don't know is your ethical standard. So God has got to strike them. You know, David, David messed up with God, but the people got hit. Yes, very true. And so your poor ethics, if this is you, if it's not you, give God a praise and say, thank you, Lord, I'm, I feel affirmed. Okay? <laughs> but if this is you, your lack of ethics 
See, we talk about morals all the time. Morals have to do with your conduct and your behavior in terms of what you do with your body and how what you do in your body or how your behavior affects the whole. Ethics has to do with an inner integrity, an inner government that rules your soul and that will not permit it to violate another's rights or property or just rewards. And you have to recognize that as prophets and apostles, it has to begin at the top. And it began at the top with that crazy doctrine. I can't even tell you how many people stole from me because of that doctrine, because of that one statement. Well, I'm going to give you credit once, I'm going to give you credit twice, I'm never going to give you credit again. Are you kidding me? And nobody saw that as unethical. Well, no, because the whole doctrine is set in place that we say the gospel is free. Thank you. And now preaching the gospel, as in saying something out of your mouth, Mm -hmm. you might be able to do for free, depending on the platform in which you're using. But these things, we're we're not talking about people getting saved. This is economy. Economy, but it's product. When you look in the old, uh, under the Old Testament, uh, God charged folks for everything. You're going to yeah. bring a turtle dove and some this. Sure. You're going to pay this. You're going to buy back your firstborn. you got to pay this. And so we talked about that. The gospel is free because when, when, when the, I need to help, you know, you always practice. Why do you do this? <laughs> <laughs> Why do you do this? Um, but, but you need to understand that when God made that statement, he was making that statement not for it to become a perpetual statute. It never mm. was presented as a statute. That is why later on Paul said those who preach the gospel should live from the gospel. Those who work the altar should eat from the altar. Why would he say that in contradiction to the Lord Jesus Christ? He wouldn't. And so freely you have just He was absolutely dealing with the fact that these people were leaving their lives behind. They were leaving their gods, their family deity, you know, the family religion. They were leaving that behind. They were leaving their homes. They were getting kicked out of their homes and kicked out of their families because they were taking on this new God called Jesus Christ, this new faith called salvation. And so many of them came having left their wealth behind, having left their resources behind. And so the the apostles were, were their Congregations were growing faster than their economies. These, these people's individual economies were growing. But that was never a statute. So by the time we get over there to Corinthians, Paul is saying something different. And Jesus himself said, a laborer yeah. is worthy of his hire. And he didn't say what you want to pay. He said a laborer <laughs> is worthy that. of what he charges. Whatever he sets as his fees, a laborer is worthy of that. And in, in, in Scripture, in the um, Gospels, Jesus always paid, paid people. He was always talking about wages and fair wages. There is, a, a, what do you call it, there's a passage in the Old Testament under Levitical uh, law that says that you don't withhold your servants' wages when you can afford to pay them. You know, a lot of you all are holding people's money because you want to go on vacation. You're holding people's money because you want to buy a car. And so they should suffer because, after all, you let them work for you with a promise of payment that you aren't going to give. So we are very serious about this. And I'm telling you, ethics, I'm telling you, prophetic ethics. Who are, oh, those of you who are teachers out there, you need to set it up. Prophetic ethics. I've known some prophets that are so righteous that they use my stuff. I didn't even know it. I got a check in the mail. Now, why did you do this? I mean, why? Ethics. And if, it's, if you're not ethical in the, your dealings with God's property and his products, you will not be ethical in his prophecies. Mm. Did you do that? 
Like You're welcome. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. We we just need to know, like you said, education. I mean, mm-hmm. we are so uneducated and and so um, erroneously mm-hmm. educated, which to me can do more damage than not even knowing what you don't, you know, what is there. Um, that we have to just go through this, like every little string of what we know to be Christianity mm-hmm. and God and the Word. I feel like every time you open your mouth, I'm like that too. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a body, so the veins. Yeah. This thing is passing through the bloodline, the veins and the the bloodline and all of that. It's all it's all contaminated. So we're purging this thing. Some things we can wash out, mm-hmm. okay. Some things we can dump out, but some things we need to cut out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm, I feel cut. Okay. Uh, and the today's topic is about what's the big deal about maturity. maturity. Mm-hmm. And when you got to the point about don't go to God with other people's issues with him, mm. that's such a big point of maturity that you don't think about. Like when we think about maturity, it's conduct and it's mm-hmm. not going off on people and it's only limited to those sort of expressions right. about emotions. Um, but not this mentality of but don't go to God with other people's issues. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you said that to your staff over the years. I don't want to hear people's issues with me. I don't care. With with my standards, with the way I do what I do. And and when you think about it, nobody wants to hear that. Now, it's one thing if you're doing damage control in a situation, mm-hmm. but to just habitually and routinely come to someone about, well, you know, so-and-so said, and, well, they don't know. And, I mean, I just wanted you to know uh-huh. uh, what people are saying and thinking about transferring that over to God. Oh, my. Who already knows anyway, because mm-hmm. he is God. Um, connecting that with maturity, mm-hmm. relationship maturity, intimacy, and how some people don't realize you don't, you're not that close to God. No. Because you're always leading with your problems, somebody else's problems. And like you said, Sorry, mm-hmm. um, that he's not the ER mm-hmm. or your bankruptcy account. Yeah, I mean, like you're always in, you're either in bankruptcy court, you're in ER, you know what I mean? You're in social reject. You got all of this stuff, and, and really you're using other people to express your issues with God because if those issues are stuck on you, mm-hmm. that means they're in you. You agree with them. There's something magnetic about that that's going on. And wow. so you start hearing, yeah, me too. Well, God, I would be so-and-so, but, well, God, I would go to ministry, but, I would go to so-and-so, but, I would go and, and help my neighbor, but, but, Lord, you know what? I really would, do, no. See, those things are, don't, you are agreeing with that. And God is like, don't bring me that. And, and you want that to be the ground, come on, the ground floor of relationship. Hey, I could really re- revere you as God if other people didn't have so many issues with you. Mm. Of course, he doesn't have a clue about that. I mean, God doesn't know. And so I'm, 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 when I go, I'm like, God, I, and I, I tell him that, too. I said, God, you deal with so much ugly all day. Okay. And you deal with ugly all night, nonstop. And you can't close your eyes because, you, you know, the Bible said that, that God sees all things, eyes open, eyes closed. I said, you can't turn your head. You, ha- you have to deal with it. And I want to be fragrant. And I want to be pleasant. So I want to do that. And when I have a difficult time, I don't go to God and say, you know what, I don't want you to think I never have because I do. I say, now, God, I do. You know, we, come on, we, we treasure earthen vessels. You got that. <laughs> so I go to God and I say, first of all, God, I am so cranky. 
I don't know what to do. I because he's a person. That's what you would say. Yeah. Ashley, I'm sorry. I'm just cranky. I don't even know what what I'm just messing with. And sometimes you don't yeah. because it's spiritual. That's when he steps in and identifies it for you. I said, but God, this has nothing to do with you, and it has nothing to do with us. Mm-hmm. And I make sure that us, me and God, the us and God in me is protected. I protect the us. I don't let them go and make it like it's, okay, well, now because they did so-and-so and because they did thus-and-so and whatever. And I'm telling you, and one day I was just fuming and fussing because I was just in a very bad state. I was not feeling well and, and what I was going on. And God said, why are you yelling at me? I said, I have no idea, Jesus. This has nothing to do with you. I'm, like, I'm telling you. I'm like, this has absolutely nothing to do with you at all. I don't even know why I brought it to prayer. I don't even want, because it's not even a matter of going to prayer. Why did I bring it to our fellowship? And so I had to repent and realize that I had fallen into the enemy's trap of absorbing God in Satan's calamity. So I had to kind of set that straight. And because, because we're close and because he knew I would do something about it, he didn't just go silent. He gave me an opportunity to clean it up, to fix it before him. Just that makes a lot of sense. So I don't go to God like that. We talk, we chat about a lot of things, and, and sometimes we crack up. We have jokes, and, you know, God does have that too. But I never forget two things, that God is with me forever and can't leave me because he promised, and that he is a person with feelings. So whatever part of him I occupy mm-hmm. and that I have, that's the part that's going to be great. It's kind of like he's got a huge house. My house is going to be great. Come on over here, Jesus. It's going to be sweet. Yep, we got your stuff. Look, we got your tea going. Look at this. We got the music playing. It's wonderful, God. Look at these candles. Yes, I do. Because I, I don't need my flesh to prove that he exists. And I don't need my five senses to celebrate him with my sixth and seventh sense. He's real. And it's up to you. You decide how real God is to you. Yes, well, in connection with that, when you said (laughs) nobody in God's world thinks he's a problem. Nobody. Nobody. In his whole creation, he got rid of everybody who thought he was a problem. Interesting. See, <laughs> no, kind of it right there. She did. They're bringing it right on down the earth. Said, uh, Why did that happen? Because they thought that was a problem, mm-hmm. so they had to go. Just like anybody in your house mm-hmm. thinks you're a problem. Some of you all had to put your chair out. Love you, crying tears, everything, but they were on drugs, robbing you blind. You couldn't get anything done. There are other ones who were about to beat you to death, so you knew it was time to let them go. So you, they, they, you were their problem in your house. Yeah, that's not going to work. That's not going to work. So nobody thinks God's a problem. Yeah. That's good. Yes. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Are you ready? You got some- um, she took a lot of my stuff, but I will say this. I, I think We're going to let you go first sometimes. <laughs> How about that? Would that make okay. it better? Okay. No, it's okay. Um, I think last I, time she went first, right? Did I? I think I did. Yeah. Um, well, I was just going to say, too, that I, I, I think that this is good conversation because our relationships with God as Christians have to be developed. Mm-hmm. It's just not there. I, I think immature is the best word. We don't know. You talked about something so powerful that you work in his office and you meet him at home. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that we know how to be home. With home with I, don't, I don't know that we know how to properly connect with him. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't know how to build a genuine relationship with him. I think we hear so much about, um, you know, what God will provide. Mm-hmm. We hear so, we, we hear extremes. 
you know, what God's going to punish, what God's going to provide. I don't know that there's anything in between. Mm -hmm. I think we have to really develop the in-between part of him, you know, knowing how to revere him in the relationship, but yet have a closeness that you discuss. I think what people love about you is that you have a closeness with God that's genuine and sincere and real because he's real to you. We are taught about a God that is a figure, and I think that that has to be, it has to be corrected. It has to be adjusted. We have to have more discussions of God as his whole personhood, which is what was actually something that really drew me to you at the very beginning when you were first teaching a bunch of college kids who just had a lot of questions, God became this yeah. person figure, mm-hmm. and he, person rather than just a figure. Mm-hmm. Um, and it made you be accountable to how you talked with him, how you treated him, how you related to him, because all of a sudden, every single Sunday, this is this real person, you know, in front of you, and not an idea, not a figure. Um, we treat ideas like anything, you know, mm-hmm. and so that we end up falling into that, I think, with God. So I love the discussion today, and I just loved that quote so much knowing how to separate those things, working for him, you know what I mean, honoring him, pleasing him in that way, but then relating to him. Mm -hmm. I love how you also talked about, you know, bringing interesting conversation to God, Um, you know, thinking of him that that he is worthy of that. Because when we have relationships in real life, we're always thinking of new ways to be interesting. You know what I mean? Nobody wants to bring the same conversation to their significant other all the time. You're always looking for ways. Um, so I love how you, you brought that concept mm-hmm. in today, you know, bring interesting conversation to him. Be willing to talk to him about more than just your problems. Be willing to talk about talk to him about more than just things that you want him to take care of, mm-hmm. but just things that you want to discuss and having that relationship with him and building that. So I thought that was really strong today. And I would uh, thank you. Excellent, excellent. And and what I want is to get a start for the matter. You know, right. you don't have to wait for everything to blow up in your face. Get a start. You know, and so and I do. He, but God wants that. He wants to teach us to think higher. And if you think about God, you already got to go upstairs. Yes. Yeah. You know, you already in the elevator. You can't yes. even. You nothing. Hey, hey. And so, but God wants you to care about His thoughts. And then when you're talking about bringing interesting things. You know, things that don't things that don't require God to have to say yay or nay. You know, just listening, just answering. And the uh, biggest thing, I didn't get a chance to say this earlier, but I think uh, they hear it enough, but let God be himself. Can God be himself mm. with you? You want God to be everybody else but himself. Let God be himself with you. He isn't like you. Accept that. Deal with it. Appreciate it. He gives you an opportunity to become more like him every day. God ought to be able to speak his mind. Most times he doesn't answer you because he can't speak his mind. Right. Or you want him to answer you in a moment where you really ticked him off, and he knows that if he says something, you're going to be like, oh, I'm going to hell. Oh, God. <laughs> Somebody's going to die in my family. Oh, that's <laughs> you know, you treat everything like a death sentence or a death blow. And he's just saying, I don't like that. Right. Period. That doesn't do our relationship any justice. It doesn't do our relationship any good. And you can't, we have these one-sided relationships with God. We relate and he just be still to take what he gets. We strap him in a chair and we do anything we want to do to him. Wow. But a relationship is two. There's a party of two parts. So he has a response to what you say. and, and, And just because you don't like it, doesn't mean that he shouldn't have a right to say it. You say a lot of things he doesn't like. He doesn't come after you. Mm. Give me a sugar. Thank you. I love this man. Keep my honey man. Just 
I do. But you have to let God be himself. You will never mature in God beyond your capacity to let him be himself because God is truth. And you've been programmed to think the truth hurts. There it is. Haven't we? Truth hurts. So you don't want truth, which means you don't want God. I mean, this has been a real cagey plan. And so there are times that God just says what he wants to say. When I'm shopping, I'll be like, oh, God, I like this. Oh, okay, so I won't be getting that today. That's fine. That's no. no. Okay. You know? Or I don't want you to go to that store any longer. But God is my favorite store. Now, you have no idea. To you, God is a, a, a disapproving, denying parent. But what if God knows that they just committed a crime? What if God knows yeah. that they've just done something that is unpleasant? Or if they have somebody running the cash register or running the store that's going to cheat you? What if he knows that? He shouldn't have to give you long explanations for his answers just by faith. You know, he ought to be able to say no, and you understand it. We've had a big, can I just have this little discussion? This is your show. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Can you do it? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Am I? <laughs> Here's a big no that I'm going to talk to you about as married people, as people who are about to get married. I'm hanging on. Okay. <laughs> and you are, you, I mean, you love this person, guy, gal, whatever, but you love this person. You want them to be your spouse. You cannot get God to warm up about your relationship, and you know it. He just won't warm up to it. Oh, hallelujah. Y'all going there. Y'all going to love me today, and when I'm done, go sow a seed because I'm going to set people free. Yeah. So go sow me some seed because I'm getting ready to break some things open to you. So you're in love, you're, and so you go to the counselor and your church. If you're one of those churches that believe in marriage, they don't care what you marry, as long as you got the marriage, you know, knows you under the yoke. It's way too many churches yeah. who don't care about who you marry or why you marry because their doctrine and their theology is all about marriage, and that's all they want to affirm. So you better be very careful if your parish, your, your pastor is playing matchmaker because that, that that's matchmaking is never for your best interest, never, okay? Any VR. So here you go. You want to get married, and then you can't get God to warm up about it. You have fasted. You've done all of these things. You all have been, you know, you've done all of the right things. You pray. You've got some counsel and all of that, and God still won't answer you. And so finally, you push him to the point that he says no. The minute he says no, you're hot. Now, and God, and you know, he's gracious because he wouldn't say, see, that's why I didn't tell you. Because right. I knew you were going to get all upset. Now our relationship has changed because you have something on the table between you and the Lord that you can't remove. You pushed him, and he told you no. But anyhow, you go to your pastor, and your pastor tells you that was the devil. Because it's not good for man to be alone because marriage is of God. So now you've got this wrestle. Finally, you go back to God again, and he said, I told you no. Now, he just said no, but his no bothered you. But think about this, and this is something we've seen. What if you, even though you all love each other, et cetera, what if you all are reproductively incompatible? Amen. You are, he said no because you were, re, not because he was trying to make you stay alone longer, but what if you are reproductively incompatible, meaning that you can't conceive together or you can't, uh, you can't produce healthy seed or you, whatever else, you know, you can't carry a baby to term or whatever, you know, and God is trying to spare each one of you because you don't fit by divine design. See, some of you all, you, I mean, I'm, you pushed into it, and then you got mad because the fruit 
Come on, where's my Lord? Yeah. <laughs> the fruit didn't turn out right. But he said no. And he said no to spare you. And you could have thought, and if you had a quality relationship with God, he would tell you. Because when you have a quality relationship, he comes back and tells you, he's, and he's, whether he tells you in a dream or whether he tells you in prayer or you hear somebody else's story and it really lands a, a extra heavy, like, why am I carrying this three weeks later? Right. But some of you all were not reproductively compatible and you didn't accept God's no to save you from hardship. What if what, what you're marrying is not going to be the same as a husband or a wife, the pressure of marriage will bring out the other person, the spousal side, and that may not be the same person. In other words, they may turn to drugs. They may turn to uh, infidelity because, that you, because at that point, you're not socially compatible. So the next time God says no, don't let rebellion be your first response. Don't let defiance be your second response. And don't let rejection be your third. So my seed, because that was good. That was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Taking it on Paul Price, this is what we're going to tell you. Oh, <laughs> shit, it's <laughs> Because you took it. I took on. it on. The it to that, that it. it was marriage. But how, <laughs> how, say how many couples just in that one area have you had to pray through, counsel through uh, in the issue of fertility? Oh, yes. Now, they had one night stands mm-hmm. and popped out kids like candy. Yeah, <laughs> we can't get nothing. And and God was quiet on that marriage. Yes, He was because He knew mm-hmm. that there was an incompatibility that He and and of course then it. Well, why doesn't God just heal me? I mean, why doesn't He just you know? But I like how you said, "Do you fit by divine design?" Yeah. So interesting. And, and also, and there are other areas that you need to check. Sociability. You know, and uh, like you're, you're, you you went out and, and maybe you were had another problem with a cup of wine for dinner, and now you're finding bottle, bottles everywhere because marriage brought out something in the spouse that didn't exist in the date. <laughs> the marriage pressures. <laughs> you know, because you have to recognize that. And like you could say, you think about all of these people having all of these um all of these kids with autism and whatever, and you're like, Oh well, we don't know that that's nothing but Woodstock coming down the genetic tree. Psychotropic drugs, psychedelic these are drug things that's in your makeup. You they become part of your physiological chemistry. And so God is saying, Don't marry this person because they poison themselves reproductively. <laughs> Wow. You poisoned yourself reproductively. Because that's what happened. You're talking about a drug culture yeah. that's not going to not going to produce. Come on, people. That's two plus two. I'm not a scientist. <laughs> I'm not any of those things. Yeah. I'm just trying to tell you that cause and effect is very obvious here. How many children are even conceived under those conditions? Yeah, you. I mean, you. We ran. We had an all night party. Had all this stuff in you, and so that whole that baby's whole system is poisoned because you had to party. Oh, and somebody who parties nonstop all the time, and I don't care, or something you did in college that never ever showed up, laid dormant. Yeah. Until you connected with that particular reproductive makeup. Hmm. Now and all of a sudden, it's coming alive. Because you remember, we all, we all, we all of us are shaped in iniquity, yeah. and in sin did my mother conceive me. 
So you have to recognize that. Now, I'm giving you this here because I don't know who you are that's online, but God is saying you're being defiant, and it's about to cost you a, a future and a destiny that you won't, will never fulfill, and you'll see it when you're 62 years old. You'll realize what it costs you. See, you follow Hollywood. You're following their, their whole scheme of life. But where everybody knows that they, come on, they're, they're out to destroy anything Jesus Christ. So some of you all, you're talking about this many kids. You're talking about a drug nation, the, the number one drug nation, a, a, a yes. different nation in the world and on the planet, and you think you're going to have healthy children? You really think so? I don't even understand why the reproductive people haven't jumped on that. That's as obvious as anything. I need them to flood, flood the Internet with some truth, flood the Internet with some of those studies. Too much, some uh, of too much money and addiction. Oh, my goodness. So you're so th- and and that's how it passes on from generation to generation, to generation. So I thought that would be good. Did you it's find fantastic? It? Yeah, I got caught up. Did you? Uh-huh. Uh, so I'm, I'm telling you, <laughs> today you have to pray because people have poisoned their beings, poisoned themselves with too much drugs and all of those kinds of things. We had a one night stand. Those are kind of things that are very important, and you have to let God know that what your romance aside. What are you physiologically married? Well, think about how many people have been on prescription drugs. For ages. And now kids, five years old to whatever. So by the time it's time to reproduce, even at, a, let's just say, a young age of 18 or 20, mm-hmm. you've still been on some kind of drug altering your chemistry because they tell you it alters it your alters. chemistry mm-hmm. for 15 years. And they years. say there are certain drugs that obviously pass along through the sex act. So how is it that our, you think our kids are going to be healthy? You know, you all want to go and party because you're at 16. You can't see yourself as a mama standing in the hospital looking at a deformed baby. Right. At 16, right. you don't right. see yourself as a dad that has to hold a kid that you cause to be born that way. Stop blaming God. That's why I'm going on because y'all need to stop blaming God for your mess. Jesus. I'm, I'm, I'm in it. Well, go all you all the way in. Yes. <laughs> they yeah. saw where the snow. See, some of you all, you're like, well, why did God let me? No, no, why did you do that? You should have known. So, we're, here's what I do think. True Christians are custodians of their reproductive faculties or resources. And this is why, because they know that their body is to produce new future Christians. Mm-hmm. See, your trenders didn't tell you that. My mind. Your, your, you know, rebels, Christian rebels didn't tell you that. But that's your job. Your job is to present to the Lord Almighty a healthy child. That's why he wrote in the covenant in Deuteronomy, none of these things will come upon you if you obey my law. Yeah. And you're blaming God when you're the one who party. You party. You sniffed it, snorted, cut it, poked it, pissed it, sat on it, drank it, slept in it. You did that. Wow. You did it. And stop blaming the Lord. You did it, or the person you slept with did it. You did that one-night stand. That was your choice. You should have been a little more circumspect about who entered and dropped something in you. So to me, this is taking it up. She handled, she, she works with our youth. Yes. Hallelujah. And I'm sure all the youth are going to have to hear this. <laughs> and she said to me, <laughs> And so I'm saying this. I know we're going a little, a little long, but God's saying today, I'm setting some captives free. He said, and I'm setting myself free. Oh, I'm getting out of this mess. 
I did not do that. Your parent told you not to go out. You snuck out the window and told you to not sleep with so-and-so, and you couldn't wait because you were hot, and you never thought that something could be left in your body Wow. that can wait. Now, and God's trying to tell you now, whoever you are, he's trying to say to you, you need to make sure you're physiologically compatible, mm. not just emotionally compatible, not socially compatible, not just recre- recreationally compatible, not po- just politically. Because, see, you have all of those external compatibilities that you're measuring by, but you're not measuring by what counts. Uh-huh. I'm done. I finally okay. got finished. Hey, guys, I got finished. <laughs> Are you? <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> Man. Hey, Jesus. Wow. Well, Prophet Adia. Well, I'm going to jump you. on the line. <laughs> I'm going to be meeting you guys on the line so we can go ahead and get to your calls. Amen. We're going to take calls today, so hit that number one button because we need you to take calls today. Also, join me again Sunday for Scripturally Organic, Culturally Modified Christianity. Bless be to God. Hallelujah. And until Sunday, have a great Thursday. Enjoy yourself and treat yourself to something special. Some of you all just need to do that to feel better. God bless you. All right. Thank you, Dr. Paula Price. What a powerful, powerful show today. If you're just now joining us on the line, I want to just encourage you to take a moment to press number one if you'd like to speak to Dr. Price here in this second hour so that we can go ahead and get to your calls today. There were a couple of announcements that you all heard mentioned uh, over the lines today that we want to make sure that we reemphasize for you while you're coming on into the line, and that is that you can actually go online to drpaulaaprice.com and click the button that says Count Me In TV Broadcast. This will give you more information about how you can be counted in. You can sow a seed. You can donate equipment. You can help us make connections. Um, You can sow regularly if you'd like. And all you need to do is click the button that says Count Me In TV. That way you'll know how you can participate with us. In this, And we want you to partner with us in all that God is doing. Help us to spread the word. If you have been touched and impacted by the Paula Price Show, help us to spread the word about what God is doing with this powerful woman of God. And also help us to even share and perpetuate your testimony. You can do that by becoming a part of the Count Me In campaign. Again, what you'll need to do is to go online to drpaulaaprice.com. Click the button. It's the yellow button on the website that says Count Me In. TV. That way you can get all the information that you need. It will give you information for sowing a financial seed. It will also give you information for how you can sow in other ways. There's so many ways that you can become a partner with us. So visit us online at drpaulaaprice.com. If you want to stay connected with the website in general or stay connected with the ministry in general, click join mailing list. That way you'll always be notified when Dr. Price is doing something new and we have new projects coming up. So again, click join mailing list online at drpaulaaprice.com and we'll be sure to get you some information about the ministry and how you can stay connected. Like Dr. Price on Facebook so that you'll never miss 
a video going live. You'll never miss Wisdom for a Living. You'll never miss the Paula Price Show. So visit us online, facebook.com slash Price, and make sure that you click like there because we want to make sure that we're sharing with you every time that we have something new for you to get involved with. Visit her there. Big shout out to all of our Twitter family. We love you so much. Thank you, Twitter. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for reposting, for retweeting. Um, and you can follow Dr. Price on Twitter. Her handle there is at Dr. Paula Price. So again, at Dr. Paula Price right there on Twitter. You can follow her there if Twitter is your go-to. All right, last but certainly not least, the classes that are coming up, these independent classes that would be great to add to your prophetic curriculum. If you're listening and you have a prophetic school, you can add these classes to your curriculum by having your students take these classes. You can also just add it to your own prophetic learning. If you're not ready to do a full-fledged degree yet, you're not sure if you want to be a full-time student at Price U, but you'd love to take a course or two, you can take certificate-based courses. They are non-degree courses, so they won't be tied or connected to a degree. They're very quick. They're four-week classes, and they're only $50 a class. You will get a certificate, and that certificate can end up going into your repertoire of what the education you have received as a developing prophetic student. So again, Join us. You can do. You can find out more information by visiting Dr. Price's homepage, drpaulaprice.com. Just click on RSVP for this next course. That way, we'll be sure to send you the information for how you can get registered. Again, the first class coming up is Prophetic Guardianship. It's a four-week course, certificate-based only, non-degree, single class. So visit us online, drpaulaprice.com, for more information about the upcoming class prophetic guardianship and how you can all right we're getting ready to get to your calls but we need you to press number one so we can go ahead and take your call so press that number one right now if you haven't already prophet ashley back to you all right thanks prophet adia we'll be right back after these messages dr paula a price does it again with before the garden god's eternal continuum in her customary exhaustive style she breaks the seal on yet another striking dimension of Christian faith and truth. Before the Garden, God's Eternal Continuum is aptly dubbed the history of eternity as revealed in scriptures because it captures and tells the story of eternity from its founder's perspective. Order your copy today and give us your feedback. Tell us how Before the Garden revolutionized your walk with Christ at www.beforethegarden.com. Do you have an upcoming conference or want to order a supply for your bookstore? Now is the perfect time to order copies for your network, mentees, or friends. Just pick up the phone and dial 877-419-1299, extension 1001, and ask for Adia Peterson to get bulk discount orders and place your order today. Hi, I'm Dr. Paula Price, host of the Wisdom for Living broadcast. Every day I bring God's wisdom to your life. From current events to human issues, from moral dilemmas and religious and scientific conflicts, I bring you Christ's mind on today's world. Tune in to the Wisdom for Living broadcast Monday through Friday at 8.30 a.m. Central Time to jumpstart your day with the mind of Christ. Within the business world, assessments have been used for years to make decisions about personal development, hiring, managing, promoting, and leading others. But what about God's business? What can His leaders use to assess their ministries and churches? The answer is PPM Global Resources Standardized Ministry Assessment. 
Have your ministry organization assessed to find out what kind of church or ministry you have. If you and your organization are on the same page and compatible, how willing and able your members are to take on the vision the Lord gave you. If you have the right people in position to achieve that vision. And if you can help your congregation or organization get into their purpose. Visit www.ppmglobalresources.com today and click on Group Assessment for more information and to get your ministry organization started. Or call 877-419-1299 to speak with a representative. PPM Global Resources. If God has called you to it, we want to help you do it. A Tulsa author holds an open house to celebrate the opening of her new Christian university. Author of the Prophet's Dictionary, Dr. Paula Price, has been spreading her message online for the past year and a half while pastoring her church in Bixby. She says the new Price University will be located near 41st and I-44 and is taking something that started online and now giving it a home. We're gelling it right now. So we have online courses. I also have a uh, a, a, a program where I set up prophetic institutions around the country. Find out your place in Price University by visiting www.priceuniversity.org or call us today to schedule a consultation at 877-419-1299. Price University. Learn today. Lead tomorrow. Okay, this is Bishop Richard Allen Frobasco of Portland, Oregon, New Song Community Church. And I appreciate it so much, the, the clarity through which not only the psychological profile, but also the spiritual component that brings us to a, the reality of being able to understand how God uses various tragedies in our life to bring us to a place of wholeness. So I appreciate this and I appreciate Dr. Price and all the aspects of her ministry and look forward to being a part of one of her seminars in the future. My name is Pastor Adrian Mache. I'm the youth pastor at the International Fellowship Family. Um, I had the privilege and the honor of listening to Dr. Paula Price tonight, and she really blessed me, really spoke to me. Um, she talked about champions. And um, what, what I heard, what uh, was ministered to my heart, what was deposited in my heart was the fact that I need to fight. I need to be a champion. And so what she really did for me tonight was renew, refresh, uh, restore my mindset, restore my attitude, uh, kind of gave me a new um, strength to move forward. Um, so if you have not heard Dr. Paula Price speak, you must hear it. Um, she's powerful. Um, she brings the word hard, brings the truth. You don't want to miss her. Thank you, Dr. Paula Price, for tonight. Hi, this is Larry Briggs. I'm the president of V2A Solutions. We're a business training and coaching company. And Dr. Price inspired me today with her message. She is full of energy and she's a very wise woman. She knows what she's talking about. And for entrepreneurs, she's got a message we all should hear. All right, and we are back with the second portion of the Paul Price Show today, going to our Callers after a powerful uh, first portion with Dr. Paula Price, author of the Prophet's Dictionary. Dr. Price, did you sip some water? Are you ready? I am sipped up and ready. I'm ready to go. Okay. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. All right. Uh, I finally got the buttons right, so I'm very pleased with myself right now. Okay. (laughs) Very good. All right, first we have on the line Cheryl from Oklahoma, 
And Cheryl's calling in today, Dutch Price, because she needs prayer. She's going through some things physically and emotionally. Cheryl, welcome to the Paula Price Show. For having me. Hello? Hello, can you hear me? Yes. Hi. Okay, yeah, you finally came in. How how are you doing, Cheryl? Okay, been through a lot. You've been through a lot? What have you been up to, Cheryl? Physically and emotionally, you know. I've gained a lot of weight, and I've been working out four days a week. I've lost 37 pounds, and God is really helping me. And then my blood pressure went up the other day really high, and I had to go to the hospital for like five hours. And I've been eating so clean. I mean, even on Christmas, I just ate my tuna and my salad. I didn't eat anything, you know, but I shouldn't eat, you know. I've been really working on it. And fears have been dominating my emotions a lot. Well, you know, Cheryl, here's what I want to ask you. Do you have a nutritionist helping you work this, lose this weight? Yes, ma'am, I do. I'm working with a nutritionist and a trainer. Okay, so have you told them your concerns? Yes, yes, they're well aware of it all. Uh-huh. And what did you? What did you? What did they say to you? Just, you know, I'm taking nutritional supplements to help and just keep working out. You know, and drink my water and stuff. Okay, here's what I think, too. You you might need to get a little checkup because sometimes when you take certain supplements, I mean, like every other treatment and therapy out there, you may be allergic to something. Something may be driving up your blood pressure. So maybe I, I, you I I would, have a, I'm sorry, I was going to say, I did have a blood work done when I was at the hospital. They did a full thing, you know, on me, and everything was mm-hmm. good. <laughs> well, you know, something is driving it up, and, and – and, Sometimes we don't tell them all of the supplements that we're taking, and some things just may not be working. And then there are things that wouldn't bother us when we were heavier that bother us when we're lighter. So, And I know that personally to be it. But I'm going to pray for you, and then I want you to do me a favor. When when this call is over, Cheryl, I want you to go to my website, drpaulaaprice.com, and I want you to sign up for a prophetic advisement. You need somebody spiritually coach you through this. Okay. All right. And the prophetic, okay, I want you to do that because the prophetic advisement will give you someone who will support you spiritually as you're taking off all of this weight. Mm -hmm. And I did take all my supplements with me too. So they're, they know everything I'm taking, everything. Mm Mm-hmm. Then what I want you to do, then you obviously need a spiritual support and spiritual guard. You know, most people don't know that obesity comes through spirits as well, and um, and I know it as a fact. They come through spirits, and even though they come through spiritual beings, they, they alter your body's chemistry, and they alter your body's physiologically to accommodate their presence. So as you're losing weight, they're also having to leave, but there's also a spiritual warfare that, that fights everybody who's trying to take off weight. It's just what it, what it is. So let me pray. Father God, we thank you, Lord. First of all, I thank you for giving Cheryl her life back. That's a big deal. I thank you for giving her her life back. I thank you, Holy One, for giving her her health back. And I'm asking that you watch over her as she continues to go through this process. And, Lord, you know the secret things and that which hides in the darkness. Show her the sources and causes 
of her blood pressure spike, and then, God, give her the solution in Jesus' name. And I thank you for covering her in the blood of the Lamb. I cast out every residual spirit in your vessel, and I remand it to the abyss. And, God, I thank you that you put life in her for your glory. Amen and amen. Amen. God bless you. Don't forget, sign up for that. You need some spiritual help. Okay, I will. I will. Thank you. Okay. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Prophet. All righty. Come on, technology. Okay, we have next on the line Dr. Price, Marla from Texas. And Marla was with us New Year's Eve, if this is the same Marla in Tulsa. But she would like prayer for her son. Marla, welcome to the Paula Price Show. Hi, Dr. Price. Hi, Prophet Ashley. How are you? Great, and it was good to celebrate the new year with you, Mar- Marla. How are you doing? Yes, ma'am. It was really great, um, it, and it was quite life-changing for me. Um, I want to say that I really want to be a part of what you're doing. Um, you know, I realized that, you know, whatever time I have left, on this earth, I need to be fulfilling God's will for my life. And I, I just, I, you know, I love you. I love your staff. And I just really, you know, deeply in my heart, I want to be a part of what you're doing. Well, we want you to be a part of it. We welcome you. So what's the hindrance? Well, um, while I was there, um, I, I really, I got a word from Prophet Tala, and it was like, oh, my God. I, you know, I don't know. I can't even describe how I felt, but, um, but when I got home, I ended up having to call the police for my son because he was in the military, but then he was having some behavioral issues there. So they ended up letting him out of the military. And so he came home and, um, while he was gone, he married someone like behind my back, but, um, he came home with the wife, and I had to call the police because he jumped on the wife, which was something he had done previously um, in another state. But um, and then he 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 broke my window in my apartment, and he's you know he's been you know smoking weed and things of that nature. So it, it's just like okay, I get this word, and then I'm going through all this trauma in one week. So, um, and I, t- I told him, I'm like, I, I said, I'm leaving. I'm going, I'm, I'm moving. I'm, I'm going to Tulsa. So you're going to have to get yourself together. Um, so I just, I just don't know what to do concerning him. And I'm, you know, applying for jobs, trying to, you know, transition there. So it's just, it's, it, now at this point, I'm just like, okay, God, is is this what I'm really supposed to do? What is, what is really going on here? Well, number one, I can tell you right now, it certainly sounds like God has given you two things, a way out and a reason to relocate. That's number one. Number two, we, you know, most of the people came here, they had interviews over the phone for jobs before they got here. Some just showed up and the Lord just gave them a job, you know, because they showed up. So... If this is God for you, there should be nothing that will stop you from obeying your God. That's number one. Number two, while you're working it out, if your son is that difficult, you need to get a restraining order against him and get him out your house because you 
you, I mean, when they speak, you know, I'm, I'm very, very particular about these, um, what do you call it, these battles and these um, fight, these domestic violence. I am very particular about that because you never know what second somebody snaps and what they've been threatening to do takes them over. Mm-hmm. And so you need to do what's right for your own well-being. I've got, you know, we're, we're dealing with, right now I have a hot button with pastors who are telling women to stay in, 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 in dangerous situations. And believe me, there are literally tens of thousands of pastors who are counseling their, the female to stay with these threatening men. But you never know when they're going to snap. And that's the point that I want you to recognize. Even with your son, you don't know. He's escalating for a reason. And his reason mm-hmm. must be the assignment for rage. All rage has an assignment. You need to recognize that. All rage has an assignment. You better make sure you're not that assignment. Yes, so you have, you have to make, I know it's a tough call, but you know what? You have to be tougher than his anger. And while, he's, well, while you're doing that, I'm for praying, let's pray for him, God, I'll heal him and all of that. But I'm going to tell you something, six souls don't get healed with one prayer. Now, God will restrain him. And so today my prayer will be that we restrain him against you. But you, are, you understand the cause of this is not going to be addressed in my prayer. And so if you feel like this is um, where, where God wants you to be, now I've talked with you and I 100% agree, but then my agreement has nothing to do with your obedience because you must obey God. But if you think that's it and you, all you need is a job, then you need to come on here and get a job because everybody who has come into this congregation has gotten a job, everyone. I, I'm stunned at what God is doing. So it may be that God won't give you a job there because he wants you to get one here or the job he has for you is here. That's a possibility as well. Have you thought of it? Well, I I have been um, applying for jobs um, up up there. Um, I'm actually like in the middle of a an application right now too. So, well, just believe uh-huh. God. Believe believe God. I'm telling you, God. If God, if, if this is God for you, the the providences on scripturally organic, culturally modified Christianity, it is very providential right now. He is already provided. Trust me on this word. He has already provided. So fill out the application, continue doing what you're doing. And, I mean, no matter what, even if it's a temp job, it just, there are, I'm telling you, God is putting his people to work and keeping them working. Even if they, um, you know, they have a difficulty over here, he just finds something else because this thing has got to pay off. And so this thing has its own miracles. It has its own providences. It has its own powers. And um, when you move under it, this umbrella, those provisions, fall on you, but they also become part of your um, provisions or your supplies. So keep that in mind. I'm going to pray, and I'm telling you right now, um, you need to get a restraining order on your son because let me tell you, he got this way because you allowed him to to vent his anger and, and, and go out of control even as a young man, even as a young child. And now, see, I always tell parents that it's cute at two. It's kind of interesting at six. It's a little bit concerning at 16. It's deadly at 26. And so I'm going to pray, but I want you to go and do that. And you need to get him out your house. Or either you need to leave him in that apartment and go come on over to Tulsa, whichever way you want. But whatever I want to tell you, you should protect yourself. Yes, ma'am. All righty. Father, thank you so much for Marla, her life, her, Lord, her courage, her love for you. Lord, this one is a real sheep. 
And she's really a turtle dove. She's a real dove. She's so gentle and, Lord, so tender. She needs you to take over her life. So in all of these situations, Lord Jesus, I'm asking you to step up and be the father, be the savior, and be the sovereign in her life and take control of these matters and get your daughter where you want her to be. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Dr. God bless. Christ. You're God very bless. welcome. Bye-bye. Prophet Ashley. Bye-bye. Prophet Ashley. All right, Dr. Price. We have um, on the line here Tara from Florida. And Tara's calling in uh, because she needs prayer for strength and uh, clarity about her daughter. Tara, welcome to the Paul Price Show. Thank you. Hello, Dr. Price. How are you doing, Tara? Good to hear from you. Thank you. I'm doing well. Thank you. Yeah. All right. So what's going on? Well, um, first I just want to acknowledge your team and how professional they are and how much um, all of you have been a blessing to me and my family. So I just want to preface by saying that you guys have definitely been a blessing. Um, But as of lately, there's been some issues with my daughter where it just seems like a curveball and something's just not right. And it's, I can tell it's starting to build up in my system where it's um, causing, I don't know if it's a, a sense of maybe a feeling of depression or just weariness as to what really what's really going on. Okay. How old is your daughter? 17. 17. So she's still in high school? Yeah, she's in high school. She's a junior in All high right. school. Oh, she's a junior. Good. All right. Uh, well, I'm asking yeah. for some, some particular reasons, okay? Now, give me um, two things I'm going to ask of you. Number one, the thing that triggered this, this, this sense of it not being right. That's the first thing I want to ask you. And then give me an example of what she's doing now that most concerns you. Okay. The first thing that triggered this not being right is how it, manifested from a chest infection, and it was an extreme um, nervous feeling, a spirit of fear. So I already um, consulted with Prophet Ashley and Prophet Tala concerning um, how to proceed, and based on both of those, they determined that this probably is like maybe a nervous condition, and this also might be something where um, it was an open door from just the fear of not being able to breathe, the discomfort with um, the infection that led to extreme fear, anxiety, et cetera. And then the second part of that, which is um, why I feel, um, what was the second part? <laughs> um, what was the second oh, part? You're giving, you're giving an, an, an example of what she's doing. Okay, yeah, that part. Now, the cold went away, infection went away. But this fear in different ailments has it. So it went from her chest. And uh, as of recently, and this is what really sparked me to press the button today, um, she mentioned yesterday that when she's looking at something, it seems like it's not really there. And I'm, I just didn't understand what that meant. And so I said, okay, is that chest feeling still there? She said, no, it seems to now be in my eyesight. And so this was just last night, and I just, I 
I was I played it calm, like, okay, you know, let's go by the word. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. You know, I'm here, you know, just trying to keep that composure and stay calm, but at the same time, um, wondering what is really behind that. Okay, so let's start with this first thing, which I, I strongly urge you to do, and that is get her a thorough workup, a okay. thorough physical checkup, and I mean everything, because we don't know that she contracted something. We don't know if there's a virus, a bug, or something that is doing some, something else, turning into something else in her body. You get her a thorough workup. Now, I know other folks would tell you it's all spiritual, but if we're going to lay on the spirit, which is unseen, we need to eliminate the physical, which is seen. So that's okay. the first thing I want you to do. In addition to that, I want you to, uh, uh, and I don't know who, who really can do it, but you need to talk about what your daughter has been eating, drinking, and doing, dealing with. And also, does she have a boyfriend? Not that I know her. Okay, well, yeah, well, let's let's make sure to check that out, too, because, again, you know, these kids get in relationships, and we just, you know, most mm-hmm. people think, well, they're not really, but the bottom line is, um, you know, a lot of things are carried through that. So she may have mm-hmm. con- contracted something from a carrier, whether it's a handhold, whether it's a pet kiss, or something more. Um, so you need to find out what that is as well, because it seems like something came into her. And I want to make mm-hmm. sure that it is spiritual and not, not or, or that we address the physical side of it. Um, because if, it, if it's in her, go from her chest to her eyesight, this thing is heading to her head. And we need to know what that is. So do that as, as quickly as you can. And okay. then talk to her about her life because there's something your daughter isn't telling you. Mm. And... I don't know if it's a relationship. It could be, and sometimes kids aren't concealing. They just don't think it's a big deal. And so we, what we call a big deal and what they would call a big deal could be two different things. So the concealment may not even be just, may not be deliberate. It could very well just be indifference. So I want you to talk to your daughter. I want you to talk to her about what she eats. I want you to talk to her about her friends. I want you to talk to her about her relationship with her friends. Has she tried out anything new? Has she tried out any uh any kind of drugs or anything that you don't know about. Or, or, and sometimes, again, sometimes they don't do it deliberately. Sometimes they're tricked. But I want you to get that work up to make sure that this is not something physiological. Okay. And so when you do that, then after you do that, then I want you to set up a prophetic advisement and set it up with Chief Prophet Tyler and really work through what God is doing. Have your daughter also set up an advisement with Prophet Adia because she deals with the young people, and there are things yes. that she kind of gets up. Okay, so you might want to have her do that as well. Yes, what Prophet, I, what Prophet I, Taller. Oh, yes, Prophet Taller already told me to do that, and I've already put in a request with Prophet Adia. Okay, great. But what I want to say, I keep getting by the Spirit of God. Something came into her. What I what I want to know is how mm-hmm. we got there. Mm-hmm. You know, and again whether it's food, whether it's contact, whether it's fondling, it doesn't matter, you know, because in today's world it could be something very simple, but something, she took something into her being which contributed to this cold, and um, and I just, because I just see it, it's like some sort of virus that, that, that started this. And so make sure you do that, and, of course, make sure she gets a thorough blood workup. Thorough blood workup. Okay, um, are you referring to, like, brain scans, MRIs, that type of, Testing too? Well, let's just start with, let them, 
No, let them do a thorough checkup, but start with, let them start with what you say. Give them the symptoms. Give them the progression. Okay. Give them the things that she's saying, the developments. They need to know that. And, um, you know, because it, we can talk all day spiritual, but, you know, everybody mm-hmm. in this chair can do what they do best. These people have heard enough symptoms to say, yeah, well, that seems like it might be. You need to know this. And as a mom, you want to make sure you do your due diligence and rule these things out. Okay. Okay, because you don't want to be one of those Listen to me, let me finish. You don't want to be one of those moms that concluded spiritual and found out that it was physical and it could have been treated and eliminated in in a few um, through sessions. Okay. You are right about that. Yes. Yeah, you Thank don't want you. that on your conscience. You're welcome. So make sure you do that and let us know because we care. But and I'm sure I'll be following up with Chief Prophet Tyler and Prophet Adia. But my 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 instinct right now says that this is not just spiritual. I, I just it just doesn't seem that way to me. So I'm not going to go spiritual on it just because it seems like that's what I should do. Um, I'd rather know that some physician has signed off on your daughter's physical health. Then we can go dig, deal into other things. But but that this was contracted by her through someone else. How? I, I, I'm not getting it, but let's just get step one out the way, okay? Okay. I definitely will get on that right away. All right. Let me pray. Father, thank you so much for who you are and all that you're doing. Now, God, you are the God of truth. You know all the secrets, and you know all of the hidden things. And so, God, I'm asking that you take over this situation. Lord, even when she takes her daughter to the doctors, let them find what you know is the truth. Let them find nothing that they can fabricate. Let it only be truth. And then, God, cause them to know the treatment so that we can make this child whole again. Meanwhile, as we're going through, I'm asking that you would expose what's in the darkness. Expose it, God. Expose all that she's done and all that she's made happen. And I thank you for doing it, God, that we all know what we're dealing with in truth and in righteousness and in your light. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 All right. We'll uh, we expect to hear from you. All right. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you, too. Thank you. Um, have a good weekend. Prophet Ashley. All right, Dr. Price. Next, we have on the line Jamie from New York. And Jamie's calling in um, because she has a question about, based on what you said about uh, friendships and pressing God in a relationship, she has a, needs clarity about a relationship with a, a gentleman that she's friends with. So, Jamie from New York, welcome to the Paula Price Show. Hello. Hi, Jamie. Hi. How are you? How's it going? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Great, great. So, what made you what made you hit that number one today? It does that because lately I've been, I have one guy friend that I'm, and I feel like I keep getting mixed messages in terms of, like, whether I should continue to be friends with him or not. And I'm a very, like, logical person and, like, somebody that thinks a lot. So, like, I feel like I don't even know if I can trust my own thoughts. So I just want to, like, have clarity because I'm, I'm really trying to move forward in life. I don't want to be attached to the wrong people because I, I realize that that's, like, something that's very important. I think that's a very good question. Now, does this guy affect you romantically? Do you have feelings for him? 
Yes. Okay. And he, he says he has feelings for you? Yes. Okay. So here's what we want to do. Is the first thing you want to do is ask yourself, who, what, do I need a relationship now? Why do I need this relationship? That's your second thing. And then the third thing is, is this guy going to supply the reasons why I need a relationship right now? For example, why are you considering him as more than a friend? What, what triggered that? What changed the relationship? Um, I think it's just more like communication, being like having somebody to talk to. Okay. So he, he, he is a good friend, a person that you can talk to. So that's a plus, right? But what yeah. also, so what communications, what did he say? What did he verbalize that changed your normal communications to more, more, more romantic ones? Like, what was the topic of guess, like, when like, Do you remember? It was just more, like, of just him, like, saying that he liked me. Like, he didn't just see me as a regular friend. Mm-hmm. Now, so, let's, I want to hear this, because, see, something is, is clicking. Is it, is, are you considering him to reciprocate for him liking you or... Uh, you know, you based on the fact that somebody wants you, is that your motive? You, you're asking if that's my motive for, like, wanting to continue to be friends with him, or or to turn or to cause the relationship to turn into something else. Um, I don't think so because I have other people that seem to like me, but I don't like them back. Right, and so here, so but but even with that, the, even mm-hmm. with that, you have a good friendship where you can talk. Everything's easy. You don't have the the uncomplicated clutter of emotions and 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 and, and uh, you know remote, emotional duties to one another in in, in romance area. You don't seem, you don't have that now. And so, if this is just a clean relationship that you want, because he is a good confidant, a good you know, and a good communicator, a tender, he seems to be aware, then you need to be very, um, enjoy that and decide if you want to let that go or do you want to risk that for something else. That's my first statement to you. My second statement to you is to make sure that what you are uh, impressed about his communications is genuine and from him and not a takeoff of what you've said. Okay, but I just like I guess for me the big issue is just that he's not that much of a Christian, so that's my issue. That's why. Yeah, well, that's an issue that you should think about, and I'll tell you now. I know people tell you that it doesn't matter, and those are the people who don't know, do, do not know the salvation of Jesus Christ. I'm going to tell you right now, you may have good carnal relationship with a non-Christian. You may have, I mean, fun stuff, physical stuff, but when life gets difficult or when deep things have to happen, being married to a non-Christian is detrimental. And it's because you, they don't have the same sources of instinct or the same input in their instincts as you do. You're filled with a new spirit, not the spirit of the world that Christ is condemned and cast out. That's number one. 
Number two, yeah. you've got the Holy Spirit, and they're operating on their genetic spirit. So you all are going to have serious issues, not only when it comes to um, life crises, but children, because a non-Christian believes that Christianity is insignificant. Why would you want to marry somebody who thinks that what the core of your existence is insignificant? Even if they say, yeah. I don't mind. Don't say that. They mind. Trust me, they mind. They mind when you have children because everybody wants to bear fruit after their own kind, and the gods in them are going to want their children to, to remain unsaved, and the God in you is going to want your child to be saved. So if you're not ready to leave Jesus Christ or cause him to back up off of you, and he backs up in marriage anyway but and relationship, but if you are not ready for him to back up off of you, you need to say, let's stay friends. And do not okay. allow it to grow into greater. Yeah, I was just more because I just was wondering if like I have to like cut him off completely and just not talk to him. Well, there are people you don't know if they're saved or not, and you talk to him. I don't think it's that, but unless, you, unless he is coming against your Christianity, if he's coming against your Christianity, you're starting to get a whole lot of little snide remarks and innuendos. If he's every time you want to talk about the greatest, the most important thing in your life, you got to shut up. While he gets to talk about all of the world, he thinks he wants to. Well, yeah, that could be a uh, relational conflict. But if the, none of that is the okay. case, hey, we're going to have friends of all kinds. You know, just because people aren't saved doesn't mean they're not sweet in the earthly realm. Doesn't mean, or human doesn't mean they're not good human beings for earth. As, as far as mortals yeah. go, they may be okay. It's that the, our issue is not just our mortality. Our issue is our eternality. So if yeah. he's not giving you a hard time about those, I wouldn't bother with it if you're enjoying him. Why did you? Why is this bothering you? Did somebody mention it? Um, it's just because, like, in church, like, I'd hear pre, um, like, prayers about me about letting go of the old and, like, you can't, not everybody can go with you and letting go of, like, feeling for the old, to, um, for the wrong person so that I can, like, be with the right person. So that's what I'm, like, I don't understand, yeah. like, where well, this is coming wrong. from and if it's significant. But they're not wrong, and they're right. And I just said the same thing they said. This man cannot go into marriage with you if he's not going to be saved. And because he disagrees with Christianity. I don't care. I've talked to people who've been married to both sides and end up, listen to this, because I'm going to give you a piece of wisdom that's going to help you in the future. When God wrote in the Bible that your desire will be for your husband, he gave a power to husbands, husbands in the marriage, the spirit of the husband, where your Christianity is going to diminish and be absorbed into his lack of Christianity. That's going to happen because men, <clears throat> you know, the forcefulness of women, going to yield to your husband, submit to your husband, and all of that. <clears throat> so if this is the guy, you know, and I don't want you to deceive yourself. You can tell me anything. But if we're talking about you not deceiving yourself, if this is the guy that you're feeling romantic inklings for, he is wrong, and you do need to move him out of your life. Because staying with him is going to persuade you more and more that you can drop the bar and erase the lines. This man, I'm telling you, especially in a, a romantic relationship, when you are in a romantic relationship, the, those two gods will always fight. They're going to fight in you. You won't know that. You won't even understand why you're fighting. You're going to disagree. You're going to end up having to hide your Christianity while they flood your marriage and your world with worldliness. 
or either they're going to have to pretend that they agree with your Christianity and cheat on you in the world with worldly things. And I don't just I don't mean just sexually at, at all. I mean really they're going to they're going to live a double life. You're going to force a double life upon them. And see all of these things nobody discusses. They keep saying, well, it doesn't matter because those people salvation isn't real. Jesus isn't real. But if Jesus is real in you, you got to let him go. Yeah. All right. I've gotten, uh, I think I got okay. a little one minute message. Okay. So I'm going to have to pray and close out because, you know, we can go on. Carl, would you do me a favor? Okay. Set up a meeting with Prophet Adia. Do me a favor. Set up a meeting with her, a prophetic advisement with her. I think that you need more attention to this because your questions are valid and you do need more clarity. Okay. Okay. All right. Yes. Father, thank you so much for what you're doing, Lord, and thank you for Jamie and her life. Lord, she's young. Watch over her and lead her and guide her into all truth. And God, see to it that who you chose from for her is not held up by whom she's assuming should be. God, move everything out of her way that's not of you. Move it out of her life, and God, let her begin to look to you and prepare her for whom you really ordained to be with her. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right, I got Amen. to go. They told me I have to hang up. Thank All right, you. Prophet Ashley, I'm going to listen. God bless you, Jamie. Stay in touch. Don't forget to schedule that. Hey, guys, Thank I'm you. leaving you today. <clears throat> You're welcome. Thank you. Go to, listen, you can listen to this again. Don't forget, you can listen to it again on Black Talk Radio. And also catch my Wisdom for Livings on YouTube in the morning. And join me Sunday for Scripture Organic, Cultural Modified Christianity at the Congregation of the Mighty, where God stands tall. God bless you. Have a great day. Thank you for tuning in to the Paula Price Show. Become a financial supporter today by visiting www.drpaulaaprice.com and click on Sow a Seed. Donate today.